Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello, and welcome to the Youth Hockey Podcast, episode 31. Is there anything about the number 31 that has significant to you, Lance? Yes, it's one more than 30. That's true. Uh, Dave, you have anything better than that? Because I got to tell you, I think he could shoot, shoot straighter than that. Go ahead. One less than 32. There we go. And today we have a special, a special for all of you. Um, you're not going to have to listen to us as much as you usually do. And I think that in itself would be a great gift to hockey, my, you know, to hockey kind. But uh, along with that, you're going to be getting uh, uh, someone who knows a lot about nutrition, uh, a lot about uh, the human body. Uh, and I believe uh, if, if we have it all right, uh, she also has kids in hockey, uh, so she can relate all of that back to uh, the process of bec- becoming and building a better hockey player. Uh, her name is Jennifer Giles. Giles, but you're Giles. Right. Oh, my <laughs> God. I already missed up. It's all good. Wow. You had, you had two options to do. Head, Randy. I well, you did. You did. We were talking about the Jay Giles band before the, before the, uh, uh, before the hockey confused, podcast right? began. <laughs> But uh, let's uh, swing in the miss uh, from from uh, from our center. Uh, but but let's uh, move quickly on to uh, what you uh, bring uh, to the podcast and what what you want to say to our listeners. Yeah, well, thank you for that intro, first of all. But yeah, so I am a sports nutritionist. I've been in this field for over 20 years. Uh, this is actually my 24th year, not to date myself at all. But, uh, but I do have an interesting perspective now that I have two and a half hockey players. One of my hockey players stopped playing last year. So two hockey players in it for about 10, 13 years, I think we're in it now, in it deep. So um, now I have there that any other way to be in hockey. I, I, I don't <laughs> no. know if there's like a, can you dip your toe in hockey? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Okay. No. And by and the way, so you started uh, nutrition, uh, uh, when you were in kindergarten, correct? <laughs> right. Okay. I'll go with that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 23 years of marriage today, by the way, Lance, uh, uh, Raleigh, oh, 23 no. years uh, anniversary just today. Wow. You said 24 and I went, I went, ah, you've, oh, you've been doing it just a little Congrats. bit longer than uh, Mr. Gifford's been married. Congrats. Uh, that's awesome. I know. Uh, go ahead. Very awesome. Um, yeah. So that's what I do. I work with athletes in all sports and, uh, obviously hockey is my, one of my faves, my other two children swim. So I it's, I have to tie hockey and swimming just for politics in my family, but it is a wonderful sport and one that is very tightly related to nutrition. And I feel like the athletes that I work with who kind of nail their nutrition, take their game to the next level, hands down. So the understanding of how to balance your intake with all the activity that you put into training and competing is always going to guarantee you a better performance. So, uh, you know, uh, I can tell you one thing, uh, my son is looking to bulk up. Uh, he is 135 pounds uh, at 19. Uh, and he is looking to be a little bit more of hockey player weight. 
Do you have any suggestions? I don't mean to kick it off with a very personal question, but uh, that was that was what I was bringing to the table. Yeah, I actually love that question because that's one of the most popular reasons why someone comes to see me, especially in the hockey world, is they just want to put on a little bit of lean muscle mass, um, bigger, stronger, faster, because that's what's going to happen when you get stronger. So yeah, right off the bat, I would I always start with what they're eating now and meet them where they're at, right? So whatever he's eating now, I would take a look at it and just increase a little intake throughout the whole day. So I think a lot of kids kind of come and say, okay, I'm just going to start eating more, but they don't really know what that means. And in order for your body to absorb it and assimilate all the nutrients that you're eating, it really needs to be spread out through the whole day. So timing is a really crucial variable when it comes to nutrition. So you don't, don't always want to eat, you know, two or three plates of dinner and put up and hope to put on some mass. But if you're eating a little bit more breakfast and an extra snack in the morning, a little bit more at lunch an extra snack or two in the afternoon, maybe before practice, another say recovery snack after practice, and then your dinner. Now you're eating many more times during the day and it's more opportunities for your body to absorb the nutrients. And that's how you over time put on some muscle mass. That's my best advice for him. Well, let me ask you, I'll ask, or do you have a follow-up question, Randy, since that was a specific question before I ask my more generalized question? My only worry is that, uh, you know, I'm doing all those things that she says, having the meal afterwards, the recovery, the extra meal and the extra meal. I'm gaining weight like crazy, Jennifer. I don't know. You know, I don't think this is, this is obviously for an active child, not for uh, an overblown adult. Uh, 100%. Like yeah. 100%. Okay. Yes. Okay. And you know, it's funny, uh, you know, before I ask my question, you know, I'll, I'll add on to that, Randy, when you talk about that, you know, the interesting thing is like, when we had that opportunity to go visit the Victoria Royals, they, they mentioned to, to the players, one of the biggest issues that they have is that they get these guys that come in and are like specimen hockey players on on september 1st and they said that it is so intense throughout the season that they can't keep the weight on the kids no matter what they do and that's always been a huge hurdle for them because they are burning off so much uh energy so much so many calories that 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 all these kids start to lose weight throughout the course of the season and then start to become underperforming towards the end of the season and that's something that they had battled which I'm sure is something you could probably help them with. Yeah. um, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important thing to bring up is nutrition has to reflect your activity at all points in your season at all points in your year. So, so your nutrition needs to change when you're starting your season, it'll change again when you're say in championship mode, and then it's going to change another time when you're in your down season or your off season. And that's something I don't think a lot of players realize, and they just kind of eat the same way all the time. And so instead of, you know, gaining weight when they want to, they're going to start losing weight when they don't want to. So that's a a missing link for many players. So let me ask you somebody, uh, I'm I'm diverting my own self here, but, you know, I was talking to somebody because nutrition is really important right now for a lot of us, uh, for the kids. And one of the things somebody mentioned to me, and I'm curious to, th- to hear if you buy into this or whether this is just his own particular screwy philosophy. But in addition, like you said, to like off season, on season, et cetera, this particular person said that you really have to gear what you're eating 
to what you're doing day by day. So he said on, on days, on game days, you need to be eating a completely different uh, set of meals than you would on a off day recovery day uh, versus a day when maybe you're going to be doing a lot of uh, training exercise. He said, you need, you know, on a, on a game day, you need carbs that are going to burn off fast and go through your system fast. And for the normal human being like myself, you know, you have to be careful because those are the carbs that make your blood sugar spike. And he right. said on days when you're relaxing, you want to eat slow burning uh, carbs because you're not going to burn it off as fast. But I'm curious if you thought that was a valid comment that he was making or what you thought. I actually agree with some of that. I think your diet needs to change a little bit between training days and competition days. But the thing is, when we're looking at this population, youth hockey players, they're always training or they're always competing. There's really, maybe they'll have one or two off days a week. But when you look at the athlete's schedule, you're either always preparing for a workout or a game, or you're recovering from a workout or game. So say you have two games, Saturday and Sunday you actually really need to start fueling up for those two games Thursday and Friday, because that's when you're storing glycogen and getting your body ready to compete and fueling, maximally fueling your muscles so that you can give hundred percent both Saturday and again, Sunday, because you have back-to-back -back games typically. So I wouldn't say you need to change too much. You probably need to increase the volume and maybe just increase your ratio of carbohydrates to protein and fat, because you're going to be burning more carbohydrates in a game situation than you are kind of every other day of the week when you're not working at that hundred percent level. But then again, you should look at it on an individual basis, because if you're doing three practices the week before those two games, and you still want to give it hundred percent, you're going to still need that fuel from carbohydrate. Also carbohydrate is the first fuel that your body's going to turn to when you start working out. So we always need carbohydrate, a source of carbohydrate, you know, every meal, every day, we just need to change the ratio of that depending on how much work is in the future that we're preparing for. So I, so, I, I agree with him somewhat. I just think that it's maybe a little bit more individualistic to see like how much, how many practices are you having during a week? And is there a game coming up or a tournament coming up this weekend? And then tweak it to reflect what you're going to do. So could, could we have like a specific example? Um, I would say like one idea would be, you know, is, is, is there such a thing? And do you agree with the idea of carb loading? And like, you know, are we talking about maybe Thursday, Friday, it's spaghetti night and kids are maybe eating a couple plates full of spaghetti because they know that Saturday morning they've got a game early. Yes and no. So carb loading was, a, was a big deal um, in the research world, probably in the nineties. So you really believe carb loading was, was that effective. was when David was in his prime. You have to understand, Jennifer. That was that I, was I pretty much many a twelve peaked. ounce carb uh, can of beer. <laughs> yeah, he peaked. Uh, he peaked right around. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Weren't they all? Nineties were just such a great decade. They were for us all. Um, yeah. But what we really found and what we learned through the research over the past, you know, two decades or so is that you don't want to change too much. Your body likes homeostasis. Your body likes everything kind of real steady, but we just want to increase the carbohydrate load a little bit, but we also want to increase your protein load because you, Lance, you mentioned blood sugar. If we increase, if we have pasta night, the night before a game, our blood sugars are going to spike and then they're going to crash. So you're going to wake up the next morning and it's going to be game day and you're going to feel lethargic and slow. 
But if we increase your carbs a little bit and increase your protein to kind of balance out that ratio, now your blood sugar is going to stay nice and stable. And you're going to have just as much energy in the next day in the morning than you did the night before. And that's going to stabilize through the whole day. So if you have a morning day, you're going to feel awesome. And you're going to be feel sharp and ready to go. If your game's at 3 PM, you're also going to feel awesome because you're balancing that blood sugar. That's kind of the key to performance. So we can't do that if we're going to carbo load, but we can do that. If we make sure that we have carbs, protein, and fat, some good sources of fat on our plate, every meal leading up to those competition games and keep our blood sugar stable. That's kind of where the magic happens. You know, now you mentioned, uh, you, you sparked a, an interesting uh, question I have. Uh, and that is, is that now, you know, my kids are older now. So um, for both of them, I think the earliest game they played, one played a couple of like 1 p.m. games. The other's games were typically like 5 or 6 p.m. So here's the question. And this is for all the parents of young kids and those, you know, and that's kind of our target audience. Anyway, I, I can remember so many days 7 a.m. game, 8 a.m. game. And so we had a coach who was so high on nutrition and, and, and eating right and, and having to balance. So his, re his resolution, and you think back to when your kids were eight, seven, eight, nine years old, this was never going to happen. But, but the directive that he gave the team was, okay, when we have a 7 a.m. game, you need, to, you need to eat three, three and a half hours before the game. So basically get up at four in the morning and prepare your kid his meal and he's going to eat. Now, what kid is going to wake up at four in the morning? At least not my kids. They weren't getting up at three, four in the morning and uh, eating before the game to be properly nourished. You know, for them, they always felt like, you know what, dad, whatever I ate for dinner last night, that's going to have to carry me through the game. Yeah. So, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? So when you have those early games, how do, how do parents, what, what's the approach they should take? Well, you know what? Your son is actually right. So if you're eating properly, let's say two days, one to two days before leading up to that morning practice or morning game, you are going to create some glycogen storage. So you are going to be okay in the morning. I would never swap sleep for food because sleep is, is probably more important, especially in the game day situation. But what I would do is say, wake up in the morning on the ride to the rink, maybe grab a half a granola, a granola bar, or maybe just a, an applesauce packet or um, a half a peanut butter sandwich, something small that their stomach can tolerate and that makes them feel okay, quick absorbing carbohydrates and a little bit of protein to top off that glycogen storage so that you still have a steady energy of blood sugar through, through the morning. That'll make them feel so much better, better during the game versus not fueling at all. So just something little, and even some, you know, kids who say they get nauseous before they eat, it's a, just a, a way of training their stomach to take into food, maybe a couple bites of a banana, you know, just something really simple and easy and, and subtle on your stomach. And then you train your stomach to take in food and then they'll be able to eat say an hour before the game, instead of waking up at 4am. <laughs> right. Well, you, well, you'll probably enjoy this. I remember distinctly one game where the boy walked in to, it was like an 8am game and he had a Slurpee and oh he drank his Slurpee right before the game. I'm sure tons of sugar, but anyway, he went out and got a hat trick. The next 8am game, the entire team Everybody had a Slurpee. drinking yeah. Slurpees. Yeah. Oh, boy. oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be outliers. <laughs> well, there's a question I have, and I think this comes down to, um, you know, because what Lance was talking about is like there was young kids uh, doing the seven and six o'clock games. Uh, we don't want to pre-professionalize hockey 
too early. What is the, you know, because I, I, well, this is, this is my bias. I think that some, at some age, a kid should be a kid and you shouldn't be trying to train his, his, his schedule around a sport at all. Um, but that's just my opinion. You know, uh, what, what, what say you, as far as like what age you would start to, you wouldn't do this with a six-year-old, would you, you wouldn't be caring about their glycogen levels or, or their carb levels or, or would you? You know what? I would, because I think, and, and not to the you way monster. you're speaking. You monster. <laughs> not like tiger That's mom. a six-year-old. <laughs> you can't make a six-year-old eat glycogens. And I don't even know what they are. I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. That's just me. My whole take on it is we want kids to be healthy. You know what I mean? So like you want to instill good habits on them. So if they're eating munchkins on the way to the rink in the morning, month after month, year after year, that's going to be their habit as an adult. So we're raising adults. We're raising little adults. So we want them to be exposed to healthy food. We want them to have the knowledge of what healthy eating looks like. We want them to compare eating and performance and know that there's a relationship so that by the time they they are teenagers, even the tweens, teens, young adults, that they have not only this knowledge, but they have the motivation and they have the habits instilled in them so that they can be healthy adults. Cause I, my big picture thinking as, as a nutritionist and not a mom is I have so many athletes that come to me say in their thirties and forties, and they were competitive athletes as children. And then they just didn't know how to eat. And so as soon as the competitive sports stopped, then they ran into all these problems, gaining weight, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and they don't have the habits or the knowledge to be healthy. So now as a mom, I really want my kids obviously to enjoy their time as youth athletes, but at the end of the day, have the skills to be healthy for a lifetime. Um, I, I, I think that's great advice. And um, the other thing I've seen just personally is that hockey as a motivator is a place where you can get a kid to eat things that they won't necessarily eat. And that's the most effective at a younger age, um, you know, just what I've seen certain coaches do. Um, but I, I did want to, um, I did want to ask you, of course, this dovetails right into the problem that many parents have, which is you've got the kid that is a fussy eater. And I've seen so many kids like this and my kid to a degree was a little bit fussy. He, you know, he, he likes his uh, sugar. Um, what do you do to, uh, you know, kind of try and attack the, that situation where like, literally I have known kids that have played on some teams that they eat like one thing and they won't eat anything else. And you know, that there's no green on their plate ever and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that gets hard. That definitely gets difficult. So you have to tread lightly and it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough situation to be in because you want them to eat all sorts of different nutrients and, and feed their brains and their bodies. And they're really limited. Right. So I focus any kind of diet suggestions or plans per se, not that I plan anything out for them, but just in general, the, the theory of foods that they're eating around what they like. So every kid can choose foods they like. And it really comes down to having them take control over what they're choosing. It's a little harder from a parenting perspective, but say if they like, you know, lettuce and cucumbers, that's the only two veggies they like. Great. Go with it because over time, their taste buds are going to change. And if they're exposed, as long as it's around them, if they're exposed to different vegetables, eventually they're going to try it. 
and eventually they're going to like it or at least in some way, you know, experiment with cooking it differently. Like maybe a kid doesn't like steamed broccoli, but he might like stir fry broccoli with soy sauce, you know, with different flavors and um, make it fun for them. But if they're choosing the foods that they want to try or the foods that they see other people try, then they take more ownership over it. And that's how their behaviors change more effectively, effectively. (laughs) Um, So what do you do about the kid that um, their favorite food is uh, hamburger, uh, cheeseburger and fries. And they literally want that every meal. Yeah. So just make a healthier version of it. So that's one of the games I play with the kids I work with is, you know, what's a meal that you love. Let's make a healthier version of it. You know, let's get some lean ground beef and make, and some lower fat cheese and a whole grain roll. And let's put lettuce and tomato on it. And let's make baked fries either in the air fryer or convection oven. Boom. You have a healthy meal that's full of iron, uh, vitamin C, uh, fiber and potassium and you, and they, it still tastes good to them. Throw some ketchup on there and it's a substitution for something that's unhealthy. And now you're creating a healthy habit on top of that. Right. You you know what, to, to, to that point too, I know from experience, like for example, if I see something healthy, uh, that that looks delicious. I mean, I or I've eaten it. It's delicious, and I give it to my boys. If my boys see the box, or they know what it is, they hate it before they've even tried it. And the <laughs> funny thing is, is that several times before I've gone in, thrown the box away, put the stuff in the refrigerator, and made it for them, and they had no idea, and they loved it. I was like, oh, this is so good. That's and have no idea that it's like a low carb or it's a veggie burger or whatever. Right. They just don't know. But the other thing I wanted to, 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 to bring back too is when you were talking about just healthy lifestyle, uh, my older brother is a perfect example of this because he grew up, he was a very tall, lanky kid. I mean, he was 5'10", like 140 pounds. He was a marathon runner. Wow. And so he, and he was, I mean, he was driven. Uh, he always wanted to get to the Olympics and he would get up in the morning, run 10 miles at night, run 10 miles. Wow. But I'll tell you, like you said, the, 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 the few times he got injured, oh, my God, he gained so much weight so fast. And thankfully for him, when he was over the injury, he would lose it all. But, uh, you know, because he just had no control over the proper way to eat. I mean, I saw him one day uh, before me. He sat down and ate like four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And my mom walked in and he said, hey, mom, what's for lunch? And I'm like, what's for lunch? You just ate four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, so I think, like you said, it's important because I know he struggled as he's getting older with his weight because he's used to the to those meals that he was burning every day. Yeah, yeah. It's really important because I, I mean, I know we're talking about youth athletes, but our metabolisms change over time. So if we don't have some sort of knowledge on how to fuel ourselves at different times in our life, then we are going to run into problems. So it is really important. And that's actually one reason I love working with youth athletes because everything when you're a youth athlete is how to be a better athlete. You're so motivated to be how to, how, better, how to be a better athlete. So if you say, if you eat this way, you're going to play better and be stronger and be faster, have more power. They're like, yes, sign me up. And that's how their behaviors change. And then that's how you educate someone for lifelong health. So it's a, it's a great population to work with. Well, so perfect. So I'm going to ask you the question oh, that oh, Lance. Sorry, do you mind? I'm 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 cutting in here. I'm I'm cutting in sure. because I I, I, I heard what you had to say uh, about um um you know like 
marathon runners and you yourself are a triathlete, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. Is it different because, you know, you are, you're, you're kind of doing that. Um, um, I don't know where, where they're sprinting and getting off the ice and is uh, the nutrition different for a marathon runner than it is a hockey player? Uh, and if so, how? Yes and no. I mean, I think the foundation is the same, right? We still want to make sure our blood sugar is, is level. We still want to find homeostasis. It's a little different because hockey is a power sport and it's more anaerobic in nature and marathon running is more aerobic in nature and it's endurance. So when you go out for a training run, just like your brother Lance goes out for 10 mile run in the morning, 10 mile run at night, the volume of training is much higher. So the calories are going to be higher. Your carbohydrate needs are going to be higher. Your nutrient needs are going to be higher. Your calcium magnesium needs are going to be, there's just different needs. It's also a weight bearing running is a weight bearing exercise skating less so because you don't have as much pound pounding. So there's some other factors involved when you're an endurance athlete versus when you're a hockey player and you have this speed and power, which there's different nutrients involved in that. You also have a, a less of a load in training per day because ice times are usually limited to 50 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes, right? So your practices are, are less. They're arguably higher intensity, so your nutrient needs are still high. Your carbohydrate needs are high. And afterwards, your protein needs are higher because of the high intensity and the muscle breakdown that occurs in anaerobic exercise. So your recovery and nutrition looks a little bit different too. In general, you're talking about the same factors. Timing will be a little bit different and quantity will be a little bit different. So let's, um, let's talk about like a very sort of average um, workout day for maybe like a 16 year old, um, I'll, I'll like strong man it as, um, okay, they might have an hour skate, um, then possibly uh, go off ice, get all their stuff off and then weight lift and, mm -hmm. and weight and agility train for maybe an hour and then have another like team practice. Um, and maybe they're doing this three days a week, maybe four days a week. Uh, so on like a day like that, the, the kids obviously got to have something beyond the meals that they ate. Um, what, what kind of, uh, things could you suggest there? And like, even, even the types of bars and things like that, if you were given, if, if you're like working with somebody, giving them practical advice, what are some of the things you would say there? Yeah, for sure. I love this because the biggest thing that athletes want to know is what to eat. That's the number one question I get. So you can talk about science all day long and I can geek out with kids all day long on that, but really for them to have the tools, they really just want to know what to eat. Right. So in this case, I love this. So let's talk about timing first. So this is hypothetical, but just what time is a one hour skate and how much time is there in between the one hour skate and the, and the off ice training versus the second hour that they're going to skate. I'm assuming there's like maybe morning, evening. No, I, I mean, in a lot of cases, these are just, these are sort of uh, running over the course of maybe three to four hours. There might be 15, 20 minutes in between. Okay. All right, cool. So you really talk about three hours of, of exercise. So that's really what we, we want to focus on. Yeah. So we would need to fuel first beforehand. So you wake up in the morning and you need to grab something to eat because you have to start your metabolism. You have to stop, start the absorption of nutrients right away. So you can go into those practices optimally fueled. So for that, I would say, you know, overnight oats, really quick, easy thing to make the night before. All you have to do is wake up in the morning and grab it. Most, most 
kids like oatmeal. So oats, throw some protein powder in there just for an extra boost of protein, blueberries for some nutrients and antioxidants, and maybe some sliced almonds and maybe even some cinnamon if you like to flavor it with cinnamon. And um, that would hold you for a couple of hours. Obviously drink it with water. I know we haven't talked about hydration yet, but hydration is also a key factor in making sure all these nutrients get to where they need to go as well as maximizing the amount of water in your muscles, which is directly correlated to power and speed. So we have to drink water with all these meals too, and even in between. So start off with a great breakfast, just like I mentioned. Um, and then I would bring a snack with you. So a snack, you're going to, you know, if you're going into this practice, you're eating then a couple hours, maybe just top it off before your practice. Great example would be like a banana and a Greek yogurt go into practice. Now you have your meal that fueled you and a snack that topped that off for whatever you burned in between those two periods of time. And then during practice, hydrate. So water, some athletes are really heavy sweaters. So they may even need electrolyte supplement during practice. If you are a heavy sweater, um, and that's, you know, a per, per athlete scenario, I would individualize that too. And then right after practice, go into recovery mode because you have 15 minutes, maybe until the next off ice, 15 minutes before the next game, you still have to top the, everything that you've burned off during that hour skate, you have to top that off again. So a good example would be chocolate milk, um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which we just talked about is one of a favorite one. Cause it's easy to pack and bring with you. Uh, chicken noodle soup is another one because it has fluid protein, carbohydrates, and sodium, which helps with hydration. Go into that other hour skate, continue to hydrate. The second hour skate, I would probably say most hockey players need an electrolyte supplement or a food that's higher in electrolytes. If you had the chicken soup, that would probably do it for you. But if you didn't, if you just had peanut butter and jelly, maybe you would need an electrolyte supplement. Hockey players tend to sweat a light. Well, hockey parents know that hockey players sweat a lot because of the stink, but they have so much um, padding on them that it actually increases the amount that they're sweating in most cases. So that's a key. And then also important to know that after that second hour skate is done and your recovery snack is done, then you're still recovering for hours afterwards. So I would still plan a second recovery meal, maybe at home, which would be a little bit more substantial. So chicken, brown rice, broccoli, a side salad with some olive oil dressing to enhance your recovery after that. And then another snack, maybe before you go to bed say maybe a cup of hot chocolate or, um, or another peanut butter and jelly sandwich or some fruit salad with some cottage cheese, something that's going to combine with protein, protein and carbohydrate uh, before you go into bedtime. Let me, let me just, um, uh, follow up on your electrolyte comment is Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's been a lot, uh, I, I think hopefully most people know, um, Gatorade was, I think, sort of the first commercial product that was, you know, here's replenish your electrolytes. But then there was also a lot of, well, you know, Gatorade has a ton of sugar in it and stuff. And so there was sort of the backlash. Is there a, uh, you know, a particular uh, solution there that you recommend? I do. And it's funny that you bring up Gatorade. So um, you're right. There's a lot of sugar that comes along with Gatorade and, and it was marketed so beautifully because, you know, the colorful bottles and everybody thinks they need electrolytes, which they do, but we just don't need all that extra sugar. So in some cases, I would say marathon runners might need a little bit of extra carbohydrates in their sports drink, but for the most part, hockey players who are skating for an hour don't need that much sugar as long as they're eating well going into it. So I like non 
sugar electrolyte supplements like noon tablets. Have you guys heard of noon tablets? You pop them in your water bottle. They're like an effervescent flavor that you put in your, in your, in your water, different flavors, but it has sodium. Yeah, potassium. Pop rocks in my day. We just put pop rocks. <laughs> right. I'm There's not no sure if that's the there, same. RJ. Thank you. Are there, are there none in pop? No. How can no. you say that definitively? Listen, Ralston. little Mikey, uh, he died eating. Those. Oh, wow. Right. So I remember so that. Please. I remember that myth. I, I remember. Dave, you constantly bring me back to my roots. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, Seventies. Uh, Lance, I know you're. So, you got yes, I have an vital. important question for you that that I think goes to the heart of every mite and squirt hockey parent, because I know I dealt with this a lot, too. Um, and you had mentioned, like, throw a little protein powder in there. You know, and I know that back, boy, back in those days, there was all this this battle of of what to use and and is it safe? And some people felt certain things weren't safe, and other people felt others uh, were safe. And so I'll tell you, because my own son is dealing with this uh, a conversation for another day, but but he needs to bulk up too. They want him to to get bigger. And the suggestion that was thrown out to him, and so I think it kind of plays into this question is they told him to start taking creatine. And again, I know nothing about it. And I worry, okay, is it safe? Is it, you know I mean? What's it got in it, et cetera? What's the best protein powder for him to take? Yeah. Well, protein powder and creatine are two separate things. So protein powder is a supplemental powder that you use. And I don't like to use it on a daily basis because I'm a really food first approach most of the time, but I do think some youth athletes, because they're so busy and it's so hard to have grilled chicken or grilled salmon when you need it, that protein powders is a good supplement to use, but there are bad protein powders out there and there are good ones. So you really need to know how to choose the good one. One that's kind of pure one that doesn't have any fillers. And one that's most, especially this is the most important part is it's third-party tested because the supplement industry is really sketchy. You want to make sure it's third-party tested and that it has an, either an NSF certification on it or an informed choice certification. This is really important if an athlete wants to go NCAA also, because if you do get tested, you're going to want to make sure that your products are third-party tested and safe to take. So that's my first warning on protein powders. The same holds true for creatine. And the, the interesting thing about creatine it is it is the most well-studied supplement that we have for sports performance. So we have solid research that it actually, that it does work if the athlete is eating properly. So if you're, if you don't have that foundation of solid nutrition, of balanced blood sugar regulation of consistent protein, carbohydrate, and, and healthy fat intake, it's not going to work. And it's not going to work unless you're putting the time in, especially in the gym. So if you have an athlete that's eating really well, and it has a really good safe, strong strength training regimen, then creatine is probably going to work for that athlete. If those two things aren't there, then I would never recommend it. And then the last thing I'll say about creatine is it has to be the good kind, because if it is a bad formulation, it's, it's a waste of money and time and could potentially be dangerous. You know, that's a I great, know by the way, it's has... a great uh, thing to get kids ready for the NCAA. Uh, a lot of these exactly. kids out, out there really want that. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's smart to, uh, to, to, to prepare them for, uh, for things that, uh, could derail, you know, you don't even think about things being derailed by a, uh, by a protein powder, but that's I've a great point. Yeah. Sadly, I've seen it happen because 
none of these supplements are regulated. So if you don't choose the right one and kids are taking random things that their teammates are taking or their coach told them to take. And then when they do get tested, it's, oops, I didn't know, but it's their responsibility to know. So is the, is the creatine um, something they're supposed to like take in a shake beforehand or after? If they are using it and all this other stuff is ha happening correctly. Yeah, it, there's different, there's different studies and it's, again, it's individualized based on goals and age and all that kind of stuff. But in general, it's most well-absorbed after a workout. So after you get out of the gym, it's most well-absorbed within about 30 minutes or so window afterwards, you still have blood pumping into your muscles. So that's when the creatine is going to be absorbed the most. That's the same case, same scenario for any recovery snack, but creatine is is part of that nutrient recovery process. So that's my best bet. Gotcha. Some athletes don't gotcha. have the access to it right after a workout. In that case, it's still going to work. Say if you take it before bed or you take it before the workout, it's still going to work. It's just been found that that's when the most creatine is absorbed is after. Well, Jennifer, I really can't thank you enough for uh, joining us here on the Youth Hockey Podcast. I'm not kidding you. Uh, these three people, uh, we we have a lot of experience between us. Uh, but none of it has overlapped your specialty uh, and certainly not into the amount of detail that you you can go into. It just sounds like a new world to, uh, I think, all of us at this point. Uh, does it not, gentlemen? It, it, it It's definitely a new world. And, you know, I think a, a great place to, to transition, Randy, is to ask her the most important question. And mm -hmm. that is, if there's people in the audience that would like to utilize your services, I guess question one would be is how would they go about doing it? And question two would be is, do you take insurance? <laughs> nope. Both great questions. Um, you can thank you for having me, by the way. And thank you for that. It's just fun here chatting with all of you about nutrition It is my favorite topic to talk about next to hockey, of course. <laughs> so thank you. We're going to keep you for the hockey talk. We're, we are keeping <laughs> oh, Jennifer I'm not going over. anywhere. Uh, when we get about. to our topic in just a minute, we're keeping <laughs> her. So, uh, so even though she's been like nutritionist specialist in a second, I'm about to ask her real hockey mom questions because she'll probably be a, about as good of representation of a hockey mom as we've had on the program as well. So, so, so keep going. Sure. I'll take my nutrition hat off. I'll put my other hat on. Yes. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, if anybody wants to, to get in touch with me or ask me any questions or anything at all, my website is jengilesrd.com. Really easy to contact me on there. I'm also on Instagram at jengileseatforsport. And Eat for Sport is the name of my business. So those are two best places to find me. And no, unfortunately, I don't take insurance. But what I do do is I can write a letter that you can submit to your insurance company as a out-of-network provider. And that works many times. Okay. Okay. Well, now I want to push us into uh, a lot of people are about to try out for a hockey team. Uh, you can imagine all those nervous parents out there right now sitting around going, is my kid going to get on the this team or the that team or the whatever team? I just want to know if you have any experience yourself where you have burnt a bridge, Jennifer, in, uh, in the hockey landscape. Have you ever like been like, I'm never playing for blah, 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 ever again. You don't have to say his name. I don't want you to like, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin your life. I just want to know. And I'm going around the table on this. Lance, uh, Dave, you both need to tell me. And did it work? I mean, cause I got to tell you my, my, my synthesis is, uh, or, or my thesis is, um, you know, you, we all have these strong reactions to programs. Like for example, the bears. Oh my God. I had a strong reaction to the bears. You it love the bears. We, oh, we know, we've awful. established this. It was awful. <laughs> And yet, if my son, and by the way, my son had a great year at the Bears too. So, it, you know, but if there was a good coach 
and it was a good uh, setup. You know, I don't think I should take it out on my kid anymore just because I personally uh, had a bad, uh, one bad interaction or one bad coaching, you know, something like that. Uh, so Jennifer, have you ever burnt a bridge in your uh, kid's hockey career? And uh, was it, do you think it was a, do you think it was a good thing to do because you just wanted to get away from the toxic parties or do you think it was a bad thing? It's so funny. This is so timely because we have tryouts coming out this I week. Know. Too. We're, we're all <laughs> going through it. We're like, oh, I can't go down there. That's going to be awful. Oh, oh, right, okay. Right. I will go ahead. And all the talk. I was just at a tournament this weekend and people were, were talking about, I'll never try out for that team again. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that ship has sailed kind of thing. Literally just yep. had a conversation about that this morning. No, to be honest, you know, I'm a parent of four children. So I think we made, me and my husband made a decision very early on. It just does not worth it to burn bridges because you may be ruining it for your next child or your next, you know, you just never know. And, um, you know, all my kids have had one point or the other where they've been caught or where they've had to change teams. And you kind of have to teach your child, in my opinion, to make the best of it wherever you are, because you still want to play hockey. And B, you never know when it's going to turn back around and maybe you'll make it back on that team. But or my question is also, it can be so toxic. I mean, we had a we had a we had a friend that had so much toxic. I mean, the 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 both the coaches were taken off the bench. Uh, mm -hmm. This friend of ours had a really, you know, like the kind of thing that, it, you know, don't you have to draw the line sometimes, though? Or I mean, or is it because I, I think they were worried that they wouldn't get a uh, like a, a reference from the coach you don't need a reference from the coach anymore. If your kid is good, nobody cares about the. I, I'm just putting that in there. Cause I, I, I think um, there is a level of toxicity where you do want to bug out, but you've never experienced that. I mean, I've experienced it. I've witnessed other families that it's happened to. Yes, absolutely. And I think you get so emotional, you know, what, I can't believe they're doing this to my child. I'm going to tell the whole world about it. I'm, I'm going to, you know, blackball them, all that kind of stuff. I've just always taken the higher road, even as like mad as you get, or as, as crazy as it seems. And you just want to, you know, spread rumors about people <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. I just don't think it's worth it from an adult perspective, but also from a child perspective, they, they can't learn that either. Cause then you're not teaching them anything positive. But what so, if you're protecting them? There's a, there was a person in the locker room that had, that was so, uh, so maligned that, uh, people, uh, that, that were, so, that, that, you know, it was such a, such a bad thing. I mean, is there a point, uh, where you think you could cross that line? Uh, cause I've caught Ralston with a fire, with a flamethrower outside of uh, Pickwick twice. And I had to stop him. I, I physically had to stop him. like Ralston. No, no, it's okay. These people are good. Dave. <laughs> No, it's that was you. Uh, <laughs> oh. I was stopping you. <laughs> no, but isn't it? And I don't mean to press you on this because, but you seem like a very nice and mellow person that can handle anything. But let's say somebody was um, changing jerseys not to be with your son. I mean, everybody, your son goes into the locker room and everybody changes jerseys. This is, this is, this is an actual occurrence, changes jerseys so they don't have to be on that team. Isn't there a point at which you say, Oh my God, I, I cannot, uh, you know, I cannot let this stand. I don't, you know, I, I, I would love to take the high road. I don't know if I would. I think there's certain times where you can stand up for your kid, for sure. Like if something's really wrong, um, you can leave. You can always leave the situation. You can yeah. leave the team. There's things you can do. I just don't think I would burn a bridge 100%.
Okay. With any, that, with any program. That's, that's exceptionally mature. I, I guess women are just more mature than men. I, 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 I certainly, I would try. I really would. I would try. Lance, have you ever burnt a bridge and or uh, felt like burning down, uh, 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 you know, like taking a flame? To, to quote Al Pacino uh, in, uh, what was the name of the movie I'm thinking of? Scent of a Woman. of a Woman. I like a flamethrower to the place. Uh, whatever he said. <laughs> He's in yeah. prep school. Well, first in off, the prep school, yeah. Uh, Jennifer may not know, but Randy should already know that I love everybody. So <laughs> I don't uh, um, that's the first thing. But however, but but you kind of phrased it two different ways at two different points, because I'm sorry, have I ever burned any bridges? I think I unintentionally burned one bridge um, a while ago, simply by making the decision that that wasn't the right program for me. And we're going to we're going to go elsewhere. And that seemed to like, uh you know, unfairly, I think, kind of put into their mind, like, okay, you're never welcome back here again. And it's, it's a very clear. passive bur bridge burning, Lance. Mm. It's very yeah, passive. I, mean, I, I was mean, really hoping for we more. We were very respectful. We were very, uh, yeah. you know, uh, we were respectful. We communicated a lot. And I can, t I, and it's never been verbalized, but I could just tell based on decisions made since then that we're not welcome at their club. You know, yeah, well, that, this is, this is not unusual. Um, so uh, my kid played on a team where uh, the, there was another kid that had played on at another club in the same vicinity. And even though the coach uh, that was coaching that kid for a number of years was, was, is a very well-known coach in that area. Um, he, when they left um, the, the parents told me the coach said, he yelled at the kid said, don't ever come back you are never welcome back at this club again. I don't ever want to see you on the ice at this rink, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, there are some coaches that are <laughs> even more vindictive than, than you might be as a parent. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But Randy also to, to answer your question, have I ever, I, okay. So I've never, I never intentionally have ever burned a bridge, but to answer your question that was phrased differently I can think of at least two times where I said, I will never play for that person ever again. And I never, you know, I never flamed them publicly. I never had any confrontation with them, but between, you know, my wife and I behind closed doors, we vowed we would never play for those two particular coaches ever again. And we never did. And everyone was happy. <laughs> but Lance, aren't you also the person that sent an email to the entire <laughs> parent group. Uh, I think we've, this is in the wiki somewhere where, uh, remember uh, episode whatever, where- Yeah, that you were Lance, glad that everybody left. Lance sent the email to the entire parent group saying, love you all. Unfortunately, the, the coach- The is coach mad. doesn't love us. <laughs> Are we getting that exactly. wrong, Exactly, okay, but did it, but I didn't- Did that not burn a bridge, bridge, really? That burned a huge bridge, <laughs> didn't it, Lance? Well, no, because it, it, it actually kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of a passive aggressive, got the result I needed because what ended up happening was um, ultimately, I mean, the long story was, boy, this happened, what, 12 years ago? The, the president called us in and basically interpreted my email as us trying to quit the team and maybe get a refund. And, and I told him, I said, I'm not trying to quit the team. The coach is all... I said, the coach flat out told us, if you want to go play for another team, team A, 
I know them there and I will get your kid on that team. I said, that's how bad he wants us off his team is that he's helping us find a home. And the president was just, he couldn't believe it. He's like, you're lying. That's just so not the case. And he looked at the coach and said, correct. And the coach said, no, he's right. I want to end the president boy. So I think, uh, you know, that so sounds like I a bridge, bridge burning situation. So. Just so you know, as down. far as meetings go, you might not note. Maybe Lance doesn't know what a burnt bridge looks like, as far as I can <laughs> tell. I've never built any bridges. Sure, I called somebody an idiot as I walked out and keyed his car, but I've never burnt a bridge. Well, yeah, I mean, burning, exactly. burning a bridge Come is, on, is uh, you know, uh, doing something that uh, lets everybody know how displeased you are. And I, I think, um, you know, Jennifer is a little bit more towards my philosophy of even when you're just fit to be tied, um, it doesn't really benefit anybody. Sometimes to even say the things that everybody knows are true. And um, maybe you're better just going off because she was saying, especially if you have multiple kids, there might be, uh, you know, the next year, it might be a totally different team, maybe a different coach. And, uh, you know, you want your younger child to be playing on that team. You don't want to be the person that went out and said, this organization is garbage. Okay. Last word to Jennifer. We're about to, we're about to wrap this up. Uh, where are your kids trying out this year? Just so I know. You said everybody's talking about it. Where Where are your kids? Uh, yeah, I, I, so yeah. we're actually on the East Coast. Yep. This year's a little easier for us. My oldest is in, in prep hockey, so he's not trying out for anything. He's just Good. continuing his, his career in prep hockey. And my younger son is trying out for the Junior Rangers, which he's already on. And, and oh, I hear the Rangers are going to be good this year. I, I heard the Junior Rangers are really in ascendance. Uh, Mid Fairfield, right? Yes. So Mid Fairfield and Junior Rangers are kind of like the same program, just different levels. But yeah, so they've both played for both programs. Okay. Well, so, so is, is your, your, uh, you have one or more that, that is younger? Is that what, what we're talking about here? They're, they're pre, yeah, so my, pre Bantam or Bantam or something like that? It's going to be a Bantam. Yep. Oh, so wow. my, yeah. And my your baby's going to get, your baby boy's going to get hit. You I know. Let's, let's, let's get into this. Uh, are you, um, there's another guest in the, in the, in the, uh, in the weight room, Raleigh. I'm trying are, to wrap this up. Well, I know. Okay. Well, we'll get Aren't to, but, but we got to ask, we got to ask somebody podcast. that's, since we brought it up and got, yes, got yes. this information, go um, ahead, Dave. Please. We got uh, somebody that's uh, their kids. I think hopefully most people know this is the age group where, unless unless they're a, a major year, that they're, they're going to be uh, subjected to full contact. Um, are you? Yeah. Did, is your is is this a major year or a minor for you? It's they're gonna they're gonna start checking. In fact, they're gonna start this spring, just teaching them how to do it, and then okay. when summer comes, it's just. So you're doing some, uh, some clinics and stuff where they're teaching them body contact, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to do spring hockey and and it's part of the spring hockey program that they just get their feet wet a little bit doing it. Right. He's an 09, right? He's an 09. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully it's not my first rodeo. So I've already been through this with my older son. And I do remember distinctly his, the first game where there was checking being so nervous and then asking him like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, mom, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then once the game started, I was totally fine, totally fine. And it was just like, I had seen it all along. It was crazy. They were ready and they, this handled it beautifully. So this time I, I really am not worried about it at all. Plus my younger son is just a little bit bigger and rougher than my older son was at this age. So I, I'm fairly certain he can handle it. Lance's kids ate up Bantam. Like, uh, like, you know, what you're saying no carbo carb loading. 
<laughs> Imagine like in the 90s, the biggest plate of pasta you've ever seen in your life. That's what Lance's kids were like in Bantam. They wow. ate it. Oh, my well, God. I've, I've been out with them, uh, you know, in, in between games for a pregame meal one time. And um, this this was the uh, the pregame meal. Two um, double bacon cheeseburgers each at Carl's Jr. And then we had a game in about, about an hour and I was like, guys, do you really want to do it? Oh, yeah, coach. We do this all the time. Okay. And how much blood was on the ice after they left after the game? Just tell me that. Just well, yeah, it, I, it, I, that was that was, you know, that was no hitting, I believe. I no. still I remember. remember Randy. I, I remember, remember a tryout at the Kings. It was the most it was yeah. the most incredible Randy tryout at the Kings I've ever seen. Lance's uh, <laughs> oldest child by like two minutes uh, uh, scored three goals. I was there for 15 minutes. He scored three goals. And he decleated this one kid so bad. I still think that kid sees your son in his in his nightmares, Lance. I still think that. And that's a triple-A tryout. And this kid was just like, he was a monster, an absolute monster. That was him. At 14 years old, he had seniors in high school's parents coming after him. Yeah. yeah. And when I told him you should be ashamed because your kids are seniors and my kids in junior high and they couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, I wish you good. Uh, absolutely. The greatest time with, uh, with your, your new Bantam. Uh, uh, it is a, it is a fun year. Uh, I, I remember my kid uh, got, it was more on the, uh, on the ice rather than putting people on the ice. Uh, but Lance and David's kids were more putting people on the ice. It's a fun year either way. Um, what, what isn't fun about hockey anyway? So anyway, um, I want to wrap this up. We do have the next guest coming in. Uh, if you would love a youth hockey podcast at gmail.com, if you want to get a hold of us, we really appreciate, uh, Jennifer Giles coming in and talking to us this week and, uh, we will see you next week. All right. Thanks so much for having me guys. Bye. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.